Jesus' house in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Gracious and everlasting Father, you who have kept us even up until this day and has been and will always be with us, to you we give glory, honor, and praise. And we say thank you. Thank you for today. No matter what the day has been for each of us, Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to come into your presence, to sit at your feet and to be taught by you. Jehovah God, I know that I am standing in as a vessel before you and before your people. But Lord, I surrender myself to you. Let it not be me who speaks, but Holy Spirit, you speak through me. That which you have led me to prepare, I ask for the utterance from you, Holy Spirit, to, to speak to your people in a way, in your to your children in a way that they will understand, um, regardless of my weaknesses. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, to submit everything to you, even as we begin in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good evening. Good evening once again. Um, Right, so let's let's get straight into it. Um, today, um, we shall start what I think is a two-part series. Perhaps I'll just give you um, an, an idea. So um, when I knew I was going to take this session today, as I usually do, I just uh, I just spoke, I just asked God, and actually hadn't even prayed about it. It was a very quick, one of those, um, Lord, okay, what do we do here? And immediately, two things came to mind. It was immediate, and I said, ah, okay. Uh, and it meant, um, for me, I had not, I've not been down this road before, so it meant a lot of, um, <laughs> um, I guess, anxiety or whatever you might want to call it. No, not anxiety, but a lot of, um, yeah, uncertainty. Let me use that word. So let's let's start. We'll start very quickly, and hopefully we'll go through um, a very very familiar scripture we're going to start with today. Acts chapter one verse eight. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And most of the scriptures will be in the New King James Version, except where um, I say differently or something. But um, it doesn't really matter. You can follow in whatever Bible version you have. So we all know this scripture, very, very, very um, popular scripture. And it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, and the, when I said that, the two things came to me when I, when I knew I was going to take this. The first one was the word witness. Um, and this was the scripture that came, and the focus was witness rather than what we are more 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 likely used to um you receive power or the holy spirit or whether it's judea samaria or um 
the ends of the earth. It was witness that 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 occurred to me or that 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 came to me. Um, and so um, we shall start by looking at witness uh, today. Now, it's interesting. If I ask you when you hear the word witness, what do you think? What immediately comes to your mind? Um, if you don't mind, please type it in the chat so we can we can we can all see um, what what comes to your mind when you when you heard the word witnesses or witness. What what, what comes to your mind? And what do you think of straight away? I know what I had always thought about it. Yes, testimony. Thank you, thank you, Gary. Testimony. Yeah. All right, and that's event observation. Okay. Yep. Awesome. 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 Testifier. Okay. One who testifies. Yeah. Indeed. Awesome. Sharing the good news. Yeah. Indeed. And I must admit, when I when I think about witness, that's exactly what I think of sharing the good news, preaching God's good good, good news. Yep. Exactly. True. Indeed. All absolutely perfect. Well, let's see what happens as we go through this. Whether um, we can um, we are come up with a, with different ways of or what 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 we think. Maybe it will change. Maybe it wouldn't change. Let's see. Confirmer, nice one, nice one. Taking part. Okay. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you all for those contributions. As we go through this, let's see what we let's see what we what we what we. Um, whether we change our minds, whether we add to it, what, whatever happens, uh, we'll see. We'll see as we go through this. Okay, so moving on now. So of course, as usual, when I when I want to start, I generally just try and understand what the word witness is here. So as usual, I do my searches in the scripture, and it's interesting. In the Hebrew, it's it's the word ida or ada. Ada actually is Ada, um, and it it generally means testimony um, in the uh, in 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 terms of the way the, what the Hebrew meaning of that word is. In the Greek, it actually means it's the word martyr um, in itself, but it's translated witness in many 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 many. Um, instances, I think. Uh, in the Greek, I think it's 29 times it's translated witness and three times it's translated as um, martyr. But um, um, the word witness, um, and this, this was a surprise to me because and as I did my search and I, I searched the different variations of the scripture, so witness, testimony, testify, witnesses, testifier, testimonies, I just kept searching different one. And I was amazed that there's so many scriptures, so many scriptures that talk about either being a witness or testimony or, or of, some, of some kind in some way. Uh, in fact, and these are all just tidbits. In fact, there are 325 times um, the, 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 the concept of witness or witnessing or testifying um, is used in scripture. And that, that was, for me, it's, it says the Bible has a lot to say about that concept of witnessing. And so, of course, um, I, I started, okay, in what context is this used? In what context is it used? And so, 
I started to look through the Bible. So we're going to do a bit of a, an old-fashioned Bible study. We'll read scriptures and we'll, we'll talk about it. And I'll try not to dwell too much because of uh, time as we go through it. But I would like us to read the scriptures. And we're going to do it in a sort of um, interesting, interactive way. So the first one that we're looking at is Isaiah 43, verses 10 to 12. Isaiah 43, verses 10 to 12. And the scripture reads, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me, there is no savior. I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Okay, so um, there was a second one, a second scripture there, which is Isaiah 44, verse 8. Isaiah 44, verse 8. I didn't add that onto the slide because of the length of this particular scripture, but I want to read this one, Isaiah 44 and verse 8. And it says, do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you that uh, from, the, from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Amen. So the question for me here was, okay, so whose witness am I? And what am I witnessing in, based on these scriptures? Can I understand exactly what is going on with the scriptures in relation to witnesses in there. And very quickly, um, if we look through, I mean, what do you think? What is this witness, this particular one? What context would you say this witnesses is being used in this, in this particular scripture? So you see, I like, I like to ask questions and I like some interaction. So please feel free to, <laughs> to interact with me on this one in there. But um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? What's it, what's it about? Any, any, any thoughts in the chat? Any, 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 any things? Okay, maybe because it's the first one, we'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you. We're God witnesses in court. Okay, 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 fine. Right. So this particular one talks about us being witnesses for God or about God in here. So this is all about him. Yeah. This particular one is all about him. It's about him and about us being or the scripture referring to us being the witnesses of God, directly of God um, in, in this particular scripture. So I will give this a title, my own title, yeah? 
Yep, God's persons to the world. Awesome. Yep, indeed. I will give this word more of a divine focus or a divine context. This the word witness is used in this case in a div divine perspective in itself. So I would term this, and this is these are my words, not not any. Thing. It's just it's just a way for me to group it in there and to be able to explain it. It's more of a divine context. The witness here is used in a divine context. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so let's have a look at um, these other scriptures: Genesis thirty-one verse forty-four, um, Matthew eighteen sixteen, Hebrews ten twenty-eight. These ones have been small. We're able to fit into one one slide, so we can see them all on the screen here. Um, and um, so we have um, Genesis 31 verse 44 in the ESV version. And it says, come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. Okay? So that scripture is talking about a covenant between two people in there. Um, and there is a context of a witness in that covenant um, um, example here. Okay, so let's have a look at Matthew 18, 16. Again, in the ESV, it says, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, just for context, um, this is a story of um, that Jesus was talking about when he says, if your brother has um, um, offended you, that you should go to him, talk to him, and let him know if he doesn't listen to you, then go take two other witnesses to go with you. And then if he doesn't listen to you, report him to the judge. So he puts a process in the scripture as to how to deal with issues with um, with the brother in there. And he basically says in this particular one, okay, right, if he doesn't listen to you, then, okay, you um, a charge or um, a charge may be established I'm trying very to be very careful not to not to give away the whole thing before we get to the end of it. So um, a charge may be established um, at the at the evidence of two or three witnesses. So this is where witnesses are given evidence, just like um, um, Gary had said earlier on in in um, uh, in the witness in court in in that in the, in that um, in that particular scripture. Okay, Hebrews 10, 28, slightly, again, slightly a different one, but same context. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Again, so these, these three examples in here, they are presenting a particular context of the use of the word witness. What do we think that context is in this one? Um, any thoughts? Well, how would you class this context? Anyway, let's see. If anybody has any thoughts, I'll just give it a few more seconds before we move on. Okay. I'm trying to bring us along with, in a way that's um, evidence, okay, yep, evidence. 
Yeah, legal context, awesome, awesome, that's it. Legal context, awesome, that's where I was going. It's either a judicial or legal context. So this is where uh, a witness or somebody stands as a witness against someone or a word stands as a witness or in a document, if you would say like a covenant or an agreement or a contract between two people where there is a witness, if someone says, oh, I, am, I was a witness, they say, where's your evidence? And then you produce the document and say, hey, here's, the, here's my signature on that document and I was a witness in there. So this is more in a legal context um, this, that this witness was used, okay? In there, okay, so let's move on a little bit. Okay, so here's another one, another example. Luke chapter 24, verse 48, and 1 John 1, 1 to 3. So we're going to look at those two now. Um, Luke 24, 48, and 1 John 1, 3. Okay, now Luke 24, 48, uh, just a very quick one. And you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. Okay? Right? And now 1 John 1, 1 to 3. First John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, uh, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, so again, the question is, what context do we think that the witness is being used in this case, in this scriptures, in these scriptures? What context do we think this witness is being used? Testimony? Yeah, testimony? Yeah. This one may, may, may escape us a little bit. Mm. Experiential knowledge of something. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's very close. Yeah. To have seen something. Absolutely. That's the key thing that you were there. You saw it. You experienced eyewitness. Awesome. That's it. That's it, eyewitness. So these give accounts of people who were there. They saw it happen. They witnessed it. It's not through someone else or some other account. They were there. They experienced it. They saw it happen. So in this one, I call that the historical context, i.e. we're telling the event as we saw it, as it happened, because we were there. In that. So that's the historical context in there. Right. So just to recap, we've seen the divine context, we've seen the um, legal, judicial and legal context, and this is the historical context in which, and these are all ways in which, or the context in which the Bible is using the words witness. And in some cases, it's testify or testifying, so they're interchangeable because 
because those words generally mean, mean the same. But um, witness is what we're focused on at this point in time. Okay, so let's move on a little bit. Another one, Romans 8.16 and Revelation 1.11.3. Revelation 11.3. So let's take a look. So it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I must admit this one may be a bit tricky, but um, let's see. Okay. And then Revelation 11.3, it says, and I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Okay. So now this one may be a bit tricky. I, 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 I think so, but let's, let's see. What context do we think witness is being used in this particular case? What context do we think? Can we guess? The thoughts yet okay all right eyewitness not quite in this case that the previous one was more eyewitness than um than this one holy spirit not quite not quite testimony in here and i said this one is a little bit of a difficult one this is different so let let let, let me move on it will this particular one will become a little um um more clearer later later on when, as we as we go through so this one i recall the doctrinal context so this is where we um where we use the word or we reveal the word or we talk about the word and um I, i'll summarize in a, in, a, in a in a different way in a minute but i just i just i just want to get our, our minds moving in a little bit in different dimensions to 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 pick up how the scripture is using the, the in the context in which he's using the word because i know some some of you may have heard um context is key some in 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 in, in some some people say context is key yeah, but the importance the, the context of a scripture is very important in its interpretation so um, hence, we are looking at it from a contextual perspective at the moment. OK, so the last one, Acts chapter 22, verse 20 and Revelation chapter 2, verse 13. Acts chapter 22, 20 and Revelation 2, 13. So Acts chapter 22, verse 20. Yep, absolutely. And he goes, and when the blood of your witness martyr, Stephen, oh, that's the, actually the Amplified Version, not New King James, apologies, that's the Amplified Version. And when the blood of your, of your witness, uh, i.e. I, martyr Stephen was shed, I, was, I also was personally standing by and consenting and approving and guarding the garments of those who slew him. So this is Apostle Paul when he was talking about his role in the death of Stephen. Yeah, and um, the Amplified uses both words. So he expands on the word witness, which um, by, by replacing it with the Greek word, 
factor in 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 that place or the the root word of where that that particular um where the uh, definition of witness comes from in there i know your works um revelation 2 13 i know your works and where you dwell where satan's throne is and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed amongst you where Satan dwells. So I guess this context will be a lot easier to identify. In what context are they using this word witness? Oh, in, 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 in. Any thoughts? Yep. Very straightforward matter. It is. Very straightforward. So I call this one a sacrificial context. Yeah. It's a sacrificial. That's that these are my groupings. Please, um, they're not any um, how do I explain it? They're not any um standard um theological doctrines, they're just they're just my own groupings because it makes it easier to explain. So uh, let me call this a sacrificial context, but yes, it's martyrdom or, or, being, or being a martyr. So let's bring this all together. The divine context, yeah, the divine context is um, where the one who bears witness on behalf of God. So it's not just bearing witness of something, but bearing witness on behalf of God. So that's very specific because it's, really about God through that person rather than just um, uh, sort of any other way anyway let, let me let me let me put it that way second um, one we talked about was the judicial or legal context and this is where one testifies one who bears witness either against someone in a court of law or testifies about something that is in a legal way. So it's generally a scenario where um, one is testifying against another or bearing witness against another uh, of something. And then historical context, really about one who was present and observed the events or circumstances. So as we witness um, in the historical context, in there. The doctrinal context, this was the one that was a little challenging, is one who testifies of the doctrine or teachings or words or ways of a particular something in there. In this case, one who testifies of the doctrine of or scripture, one who testifies of scripture. And most of us, most churches, most people operate in that particular, or we tend to find ourselves bearing witness as we tell of our faith or as we witness to other people and talk to them about Jesus and, and that. Most of that happens within that doctrinal context because we are speaking and teaching and talking about the word of God uh, in that respect. So most of that content um, happens in there. And of course, the sacrificial one, we're all aware of it because that's all about martyrdom and um one who who often often dies a violent death as a result of um, um, their faith or as a result of um, their ad adherence to 
a particular way in this case. So five different contexts in which the word um, 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 witness is used. So when Jesus says to us in Acts 1, um, eight, and he says to us that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we will be his witness in, in Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. Question is, what's all this, what's all this got to do with me and you today? Well, why, why are we, what's it got to do with us today? Well, let's, let's take a look. What does this mean for us today? Okay. Now, Revelation 1.5. Revelation 1.5 talks to us about Jesus. And it says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. It calls Jesus Christ the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So the scripture calls him the faithful witness. This is one of the titles of Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. It's one of his titles. Okay? And in Revelation 3.14 also calls him the faithful witness, but it adds into that the faithful and true witness and it reads and to the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things says the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god so jesus christ was a faithful witness right and he gave us the command or the charge for us to be witnesses to him through the power of the holy spirit when he comes upon each and every one of us. Now, if Jesus is our witness, can we see the evidence of him going through all of these through his time on there? Um, let's see. Okay. Right. Now, for these ones, let me see, what's the time? Okay, 31. I'll try not to, I'll try not to dwell too long on the scriptures. Um, you can actually um, uh, check this out yourselves. But let's, let's just pick a few of them as we go through there. So let's look through the divine context and see if Jesus, Jesus, if Jesus bore witness on behalf of God in there. So John chapter 5, 36, let's, let's start with that one. Okay, so John chapter 5, verse 36. Okay, let's read that. It says, but I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has, said, has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So, here, Jesus is saying that the witness, he's bearing witness of the Father because the Father sent him to finish these works, to do these things that he's been doing in there. Okay, let's take another one. Let's do John 14, 10. Let's do John 14, 10. Um, just to establish that context of 
the divine context. I'm sure most of us already know because we know if we story of Jesus Christ, he did so many things um, um, in 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 the name of, um, of, of of the Father. He did so many things on behalf of the Father. So John 14, 10, it reads, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So again, here is one who bears witness on behalf of God. And that's Jesus in that context. Now, um, I'm going to interject a few questions and um, uh, they may be challenging. Um, I, I don't mean to be um, challenging any, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? any, let me use the words, negative thoughts or feelings. What I'm only trying to do here is to just point out to us that there is more in the word witness for us. There is so much more in the word, in the word witness for us. And the reason we're going through this is because of what we will look at um, next week um because yeah the 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 what what i sense that the lord was was trying to bring to us is that our current walk with him in this time and the season that we are is one that actually has to live up to that scripture in acts chapter 1 verse 8 where we truly bear witness to him um and we'll, we'll come to that but the question that the questions that were coming to my to my heart, and this is part of the reasons why I'm sharing this with you, is, is that how much witness of God am I bearing? How much how much am I testifying of God? How much am I demonstrating, showing, or bringing forth those works that God has sent me? to do. Now, the truth is that our works are different. What he has asked for us to do is very different. And I cannot tell you that I know everything that it is that he's asked um, me personally to do or the, what is written for me to do. But I'm finding out and by his grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I intend to, by, by his grace, continue to walk in that. So it's more a question of desiring more out of it because it's designed for me to do it that way. So it's it's there. So it's not just about me. Um, um, what's the word? Um, doing the doctrinal aspect of things. I talking to people about the word about that, but it's bearing witness in many different contexts and dimensions. And we'll come we'll, we'll come through that as we go through. So that's the divine context. Now, the judicial or legal context, um, uh, John 7, 7. Let's do John 7, 7. A lot of this was in John, and it's interesting because of the, the way the book of John is, is structured and written. Um, but a lot of this comes out of John. So John chapter 7, verse 7. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. 
So this is one where Jesus is saying that, okay, well, here, the works, the things that go on in the world are evil in there. Um, yeah. The, the, works, the works that go on in the world are evil, and he is shining a light on that. So in essence, he's judging the words, not because he's judging it personally. Doing and saying are actually standing as a testimony against those works. When it comes to the judgment time, those things will be pulled up against those works. And they will then now not necessarily, they will not, they will then not, they will then be judged negatively for want of a better way of putting it, because he's bearing witness, he witness, he's testifying that those works are evil works in there. Okay. John chapter 8, verse 18. John chapter 8, verse 18. That says, I am one who bears witness of myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness of me. So here, talking to the Pharisees, and he's they're saying that, oh, his testimony is not true because he's bearing witness to himself. And he then goes through a whole discourse and then says to them, is that, okay, well, yes, I am one who bears witness of myself. So I'm bearing witness of who I am to you as the son of God, and you're not accepting that witness. Well, it says the father who sent me bears witness of me, which means that they he has come and testified and they're refusing that testimony. So again, that brings judgment on, on them um, um, in, in, in there. That's his, his, his discourse with the, with the Pharisees um, uh, at, at that time. Okay, so let's move on to the historical um, context because of time. Um, so, um, so one who was present and observed the events or circumstances. Um, John chapter three verse eleven. Um, John chapter three verse eleven, and it says, "Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen." and you do not receive our witness. So here again, he's talking about what he sees and what find as being a one present there, what he has seen in there. And this is interesting for us um, as, as people, because while we may not necessarily have been there or seen what Jesus did we were not there um, i mean I, I don't know if any one of us has lived that many years 2000 plus years um we were not there but today we still see different manifestations and revelations being revealed to us in different ways um, so sometimes it's it's um you know um there's spooky things that make us go ooh or there or might be in the healing it might be in the manifestation of some kind um, of um, epiphany or, or many different things. But, of course, one who sees it can testify of what they have seen in there. So it, it happens to us today, but in a slightly different way in the sense that we're not seeing Jesus himself doing all the things in 
terms of how he walks the surface of the earth, but we're seeing the manifestations of him and the manifestations of the spirit in different ways. And so we can say we're eyewitnesses. So I, I, I'll give an example of, as we go to, we go to church one day and um, we, somebody who's, um, um, sick, ill or something or has has some um, very visible um, affliction is healed of that affliction um, you and I will be witnesses to that because we were there and we saw it happen and so we can speak as witnesses because we saw it happen in there, that's the kind of historical context that we see in there but still applies today in itself Okay. Now, the doctrinal context, I, I, I don't think we need to talk about this much because I think this, this understands, but let's read um, John 18.37. Let's read John 18.37. Um, but I think, I think this one is, is relatively, I, I would say, clear to us in a way. Um, and it says, um, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So here again, Jesus is again bringing, and you know, this 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 is very interesting. I I the, the Pilate's response. So here they're talking doctrine. Jesus knew Pilate was one of those who, a uh, Pilate, Pilate was one of those who, um, who obviously had some philosophy or some more thoughts about truth, and so he uses that. I have come to bear witness of the truth, and Pilate says, "What?" Pilate says, "What is truth?" Because his his interest is piqued at that point in time. You know. Talking about talking about it, so this this is the this is the one that we we tend to do we do a lot of we 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 talk very openly about our faith we we preach to people we do we do all of that we 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 do the doctrine there I'm not talking about the veracity of the doctrine I'm just talking about the fact that it's the context context of our witness is through preaching or through um discussing or talking about the word and the last one here the sacrificial context again um i don't think we need to we need to spend too much time on it but for jesus because we're looking at jesus and we're looking at whether or not he he was an example in all these areas of of um of um witnessing um let's look at john chapter 10 and verses 15 to 18. John chapter 10, verses 15 to 18. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And, uh, and other sheep I have, which are not of this, of this fold, they also I must bring, and they will bear, they will hear my voice. And there, there will be, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life and I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay down 
and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Amen. So, just I, I think the 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 the, re, the main reason was to show or demonstrate that when the Scripture says that Jesus is the faithful witness and the true witness, he fulfilled all these different contexts in which the word witness is used. But it also shows us that witnessing is a lot more than just preaching the gospel or telling of our faith. There's so many different aspects of it that we can walk in, that we can, uh, or, um, um, that we can be a part of. I guess at this point, I will look at the sacrificial context and be saying to myself, hey, um, not really talking about wanting for wanting um, martyrdom in, in this case, but what other sacrifices do we make? Or what other sacrifices can we make as a testimony, as a witness to Jesus? What sacrifices can we make? Amen. So there, there's so many different applications. So it's, even though we've focused on, you know, very specific scriptures in here, I'm just hoping that our minds will be expanded to see the depth of what it means to be a witness to Jesus. And of course, we will realize, well, like I did, that I can't do this without the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said in Acts 1, chapter 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and then we will be, and then we will be witnesses, my paraphrasing. That will be witnesses unto him. Okay, so that's the that's that that's that bit. I wanted to do something, and that is, I wanted us to look at an example, a different kind of example. It's a bit of a long one, so I, I may not be able to read everything, but we might be able to just pick out some key parts in in it. So I'm going to go back a little bit, okay, and I'm going to read. And we're going to look at Acts chapter three. It's the story of the 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 um, beggar at the gates, beautiful, or the gate, the gate called beautiful. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit, um, and then we'll skip through and we'll talk about things as we go through. Okay, now as we read through, I'm hoping that your your um at not your, your mind has been pricked to the different contexts that of witnessing and let's see if we can pick this out pick them out as we go through the, the this particular example now so i will read from verses one to six for starters and then we'll continue through um, and pick out some others as we go along now peter and john went up to together to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, was carried, lame, lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of from those who enter the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on them, 
with Peter, with John and Peter, said, look at us. And fixing his eyes on the him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Okay, I'll read on from verse 7. And he took, him, he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking in and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat at the gate beautiful of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I'll stop there for now. Okay, so can we see in that would have read there, can we see any context of witnessing within that, um, within, within those first 10 verses of Acts chapter 3? Can we see any context of witnessing? Any thoughts? I see one. I see one. One and three. Yeah. Okay. I agree. One and three. It's a divine context. Yes. Um, historical context. No, doc no doctrinal context, absolutely, not at the moment. Yep, no doctrinal context. We'll see that one in a few minutes or in a few seconds once we look at it. Yes, absolutely. Through the power of God, Peter, or through the power of, of or in the name of Jesus Christ, Peter and John performed a miracle that spoke, that testified about God in there because it was not by their it was not by their power nor their might it was the name of jesus christ that did that so whenever whenever i read this i get a little challenged because of the scripture that says the works that i did you will do also and greater works than this will i do and the reason i get challenged is because the response of the people they saw it, and immediately they were amazed, and they were, they were, they were, they were, they were, what's the word, let's say, flabbergasted. It was like, whoa, what's going on here? And of course, in verse 12, reading from verse 12, so when Peter saw it, when he saw their reaction, when he saw what was going on, he responded to them, yeah? And he said, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look on, so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk. So Peter begins his, um, let's call it sermon or his preaching um, to them. And that's where the doctrinal context comes in right there, because he goes through and he takes them through the scriptures and he points out to them what just and he 
basically said, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. So now he's now in the doctrine of it, and he goes on and he talks to them about everything. So Peter's, Peter is going, uh, he goes through and he talks to them and he preaches to them and they all say, okay, fine. And so he tells them what they needed to do to repent so that times of refreshing may, um, may come from the presence of God. So we see the doctrinal context within there. And it's amazing how many opportunities and how many people turn to God when they see signs and wonders, when they see us doing those things that they, that are mind-blowing, that are um, amazing in there. And that's one of the things that I think um, in this time that we are, in this period or this season that we are, it's available to us to walk in um, even more than previously in itself. And we, 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 can, we, can, we, can, we can talk about that um, next, next week. And, and I, will, I will explain why that is, and why, why I'm saying what I'm saying next week in itself. Okay, so let's skip forward um, because of time. Let's skip forward. Oops, I'm running out of time. Um, in chapter four, right, Peter and John are brought before the Sanhedrin. Um, and they come in and are, um, okay, they're before the Sanhedrin and they are challenging them and saying, in what name, in what name do you um, are you doing these things? And then um, Peter then says in verse 10, chapter 4, verse 10, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. That speaks to me of the judicial or legal context, basically saying, because he goes on to say, this is the stone which was, the re which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. So he's presenting to them, he's testifying against them that because they killed Jesus and he's... he's oh, He's, he's testifying against them, saying, this person whom you killed, whom you rejected, um, is, the, is the one who has done this miracle through this guy in there. So he brings that context in there. Again, see how the whole thing is weaving together. They're bearing witness in, in different ways in there. And of course, the, the, we know towards the end of their lives, most of them, I think apart from Apostle John, most of them were martyred. Uh, most of them were, were killed. They, they died a violent death of some kind in there. So again, the disciples, the early disciples, demonstrated or showed or walked in, to use a more Christianist term, walked in that true witness. Um, um, oh, no, the screen is not being shared, but that's okay because there's nothing really to to be shared in there. It was just to, for us to, I, to I, I, just to bring that example of the 
um, of the, the healing of the man at the gate beautiful to our front so that we can we have something else to meditate upon and to think about when it comes to um, our own witnesses because I think there is a there is the 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 reason for starting with this was for us to look and see how much more we have that we can do and would we desire those things of the Lord, that which is available because we are called to be witnesses or he gave us that charge to be witnesses to him. Um, and for us to be witnesses to him, we have these five contexts in which we can be. I hope we don't get to the point where we are doing the martyr bit, but perhaps we can do sacrificial, we can have a sacrificial context in our lives that will glorify or actually testify that Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, so that that's it for today. Um, next week, um, by the grace of God, we will look at what we have that will enable us to be the witnesses that we ought to be or we want to be. And I think in that one, that's going to be a bit of an interesting one. But um, we will look at what we have. It's more of like what's in your hands, what's in my hands. And we, we will look at that next week. Thank you all so much for your time. Thank you for being a part of it. I hope that you're taking something from here. I know we've it was a lot. I know so many different things in there. But I'm just hoping that our minds have been expanded to the call of witness a little bit more than what we started off with first. So thank you all. Have a great evening and we'll see you next week by the grace of God. Thank you.